Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thank you for listening. We've got a lot to cover today as SMU is once again in the rumor mill for college football realignment. And it's been a minute since we talked about college football realignment and the Mustang. So felt like with the not news, but news coming out this week from some Pac-12 media folk that SMU is most certainly still in the mix. It was as good of a time as ever to kind of talk about this, react to it, and uh, share kind of my thoughts with you guys on where things stand. So what we know is right now is kind of the heyday of uh, media rights deals being negotiated. We saw Conference USA this week announce their new deal with ESPN. They'll be moving all conference games in October, from what I understand, to the midweek. So let me tell you, it can always be worse uh, if you're an SMU fan and you saw maybe those future schedules uh, released with the new look AAC uh, this week as well. The Big 12 has already finalized its deal as well on the media rights front, and the Pac-12 is in negotiations uh, with their network partners to extend and re-up on that front as well. And I have a feeling the Pac-12 might have to get creative. We'll see what that brings. Part of that piece to the puzzle is maybe some realignment that might give the Pac-12 additional content to sell to their partners. Also, Time zones. That is a big thing that a lot of people are honing in on. It's where SMU might fit into the puzzle if you're the Pac-12 or even the ACC. So let's dive in. John Wilner and John Canzano have been, quite frankly, all over this from the Pac-12 side of things. Two columnists out West uh, covering the Pac-12. And, you know, I I think the one tweet that John Wilner had this week, and, and it kind of was sparked by a lot of things, Uh, But he just decided to weigh in with his percentages. And, you know, the one thing that I would say things are trending towards is the Pac-12 going to 12. And the other option is staying at 10. Now, the, the one thing that is driving all of this is money with the TV networks. And their job is to, without a doubt, explore what that looks like with potential ads to the Pac-12. Because when you look at the Pac-12 right now, it's watered down with UCLA and USC leaving. Those are two marquee brands that are headed to the Big Ten. We saw their rights deal that's going to be insane when uh, those two do, in fact, join the Big Ten. Another thing to know, though, is how is this network uh, partnership how is it distributed? Because a lot of these networks, and especially ESPN and Amazon, as they start to kind of get into this, is what is the streaming part of this look like? How can they get people to pay 
for ESPN Plus, pay for Amazon Prime, even though, God, a, millions and millions and millions of more people are already Amazon Prime subscribers. And this is where it's going to get interesting is, can the Pac-12 come up with some sort of creative way to package up its rights deal, which includes the Pac-12 networks that are broadcasting their games? And I think the best way to look at this, if you're the Pac-12, is find a way to include Amazon. And if you've seen what Amazon has done with Thursday Night Football, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet, those aren't the guys that are going to be calling Pac-12 football games. But Amazon has a lot of, obviously, money and resources behind it that are on very firm footing. ESPN, you could argue, they've added the NHL to their ESPN Plus package. I think that has helped them with subscribers. But but in reality, you're also trying to find ways to really up that subscriber base if you're ESPN in a much bigger way as the world trends toward not only cutting the cord, but cable in general is is on the outs. You know, just quite frankly, I've got YouTube TV, no cable required, smart TV, streams right to it. We've got fast internet. It works out great. So I think as more and more people get access to better internet, as fiber moves into markets more and more, that's something to consider if you're the Pac-12 and something that, you know, you might consider yourself a bit of a strong academic conference as well. You want to be on the cutting edge. You're not going to get the resources thrown at you like a Big Ten or an SEC is from these networks, but you can be on the cutting edge of how you deliver your product. And I think watching the Pac-12 over the last few years, the joke, and it's not really a joke, Pac-12 after dark is one of my favorite things. Working in sports, it's kind of one of the things that I enjoy is when I'm done or when I'm you know, doing my post-game stuff, if it's a night game, I've got Pac-12 football on. And I probably watch as many Pac-12 games, quite frankly, as I do an SEC, just because either I'm doing things during the day leading up to our game that I'm covering or uh, covering uh, a game during the day or covering a game at a very normal time, like six o'clock in the evening. Then when I'm done, I've got Pac-12 on. So I actually get a decent amount of exposure to the Pac-12. That said, those alternative ways they need to package up their their rights and their games have to be explored. And I know a lot of people have talked about moving the Pac-12 games up to really obscene hours, you know, early Saturday mornings. I don't think that's the move. College game day has such a big revenue uh, market share of the uh, TV watching. Um, and, and I just don't think that getting those people up even earlier and getting them into stadiums is really going to be a smart play for them. Uh, I know they probably wouldn't start them until 11 a.m. Central, but you think about a 9 a.m. game out on the Pac-12, we think attendance out there is bad right now. Um, throw them on at uh, 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time and, and see how that goes. So all that to say, I think the Pac-12 media rights deal is going to be the most difficult for these networks and for the schools to work through because if you listen to John, and John has been very you know, tied in on this. If an option is to stay at 10 and he gives it 40%, then what does that say about the potential additions and how they're viewed by those networks? 
the one thing SMU has going for itself in a big way with TV networks is delivering a little bit of the share with the central time zone. And that's why it's important that SMU rolls off three more wins to close out this season. If you get an SMU team that that finishes with a run uh, of 5-0 and to end the season, uh, that I believe I would put them at nine and uh, or that would put them at eight and four to close out the regular season, put them right in contention for the AAC championship uh, game appearance. They might not get it because they need some things to go their way. But nevertheless, that's why it's important. People need to be talking about SMU. And if you go off of the last few years and how SMU started their season, that was accomplished. And it's it. It's unfortunate for SMU it didn't happen. I'm not one of those people that is going to say that a media rights deal is going to be based on a eight-game stretch um, from a team. SMU is in this conversation right now because of the multitude of reasons that we've discussed at ontheponyexpress.com, and we'll kind of dive into those and rehash those a little bit here later on. But a strong finish would help. The... Media rights deal is in negotiations right now for the Pac-12, and the the more ways SMU can get its name in front of those presidents and athletic directors in a positive light, the better. They have met recently in San Diego. John Canzano reported on that a little bit. They are exploring things like, once again, a partnership with the ACC that's been discussed in the past for a scheduling uh, deal. The Pac-12 is exploring going back to eight conference games, which would, which would open up opportunities for some bigger games like a partnership with the ACC. Another thing that would do, though, and this is where, again, the media, the TV companies and networks and, and distributors have to weigh in. How does that impact your buy games? And is that a smart move money wise if the Pac-12 has to buy an additional game, if that's the course that they choose? It's hard to get some of these high-profile games on the schedule. If they're not getting them, that's going to be something where, all right, every you know, once every other year maybe, it's a million bucks out of a Pac-12 school's uh, bottom line to go out and buy a game against a low-level FBS or an FCS. And so that's something that's going to weigh in there a little bit on that front as well. I, I think with SMU, as we kind of move towards that, the timeline is very unclear for when this thing could could be settled. And depending on who you've listened to, and look, I, I've I've taken this approach since uh, the, since USC and and UCLA left for the Big Ten. I said, look, guys, this is not something that is going to spiral into a let's move fast, let's hustle and make a rash rash decision. This is always going to had been a longer term play. The big 12 is very confident in itself. And that confidence has only grown by the way, the big 12 for the most part has performed this season with new names coming up at the top of the conference. Of course, OU and Texas are on their way out eventually uh, anyway, but those schools have been beaten up this year in league play um, and on many levels. So that's been the positive for the big 12. They don't feel the need to add right now. They are exploring here and there, as they rightfully should, um, to add to it. But again, they're not necessarily in business for another major round of realignment right now. The one that's been leaked, Gonzaga, basketball, 
that would make a ton of sense if you're the Big 12, you add a marquee name in, on the basketball front. If I'm the Pac-12, you're also trying to get yourself in there for sure. Looking at how this is going to unfold, I think this is going to continue to stretch deeper into December, maybe into the new year with these Pac-12 media rights deals. And in talking with sources around SMU's program, they continue to be in contact with Pac-12 schools uh, and their leadership to continue to try to keep themselves at the top of the food chain um, as one of the choices that could go into the Pac-12. They're doing the same with the ACC. That is very important. And SMU has gone about it a little bit more aggressively this time uh, than dating back to 2016 when the Big 12 ultimately didn't expand. Uh, and just over the past few years, as SMU has kind of ticked up a little bit under Sonny Dykes, and they just kind of said, you know what, this is going to kind of continue to trend in the right way. Our play will speak for itself. Over the past probably year and a half now, SMU has been in ultra aggressive mode. They've hired consultants. Uh, they have hired uh, different uh, well-connected people to fight on their behalf. Oliver Luck is one of those, a very well-respected uh, leader in the industry. He's been out there campaigning for SMU in that regard. Um, there are others I can't name at this time, uh, but one of which is a major player out West uh, when it comes to the Pac-12 and what uh, those schools really, uh, or uh, who those schools really look to for guidance overall when it comes to uh, this type of a, de a decision. So those are good things. SMU's president, RGL Turner, um, believe it or not, has some clout among leadership uh, across the country. Regardless of how you think he's handled some things in the past, I can tell you that he is putting his foot down. It is a huge priority for the board of trustees at SMU, and therefore it's been a big priority for R. Gerald Turner as of late. You can go back and forth when it comes to the past, of course, and and you know talk about how SMU missed the boat for prioritizing athletics. It's just not the case anymore um, with this kind of new look mentality that they've taken. And it's why you look around the country now, when there's talk of realignment, SMU is in there. They could very well be left at the altar. You know, John Wilner's percentage is there. 40%, Pac-12 goes to 12, 20%, they go to 11, 40%, they stay at 10. That's going to be the interesting thing is what it, what's the feedback from these networks for adding another player or two in the league? That's going to be what determines this ultimately. You look at SMU's um, stock right now. On the field, I would say, arguably, and this is probably where some people might disagree, but when you look at this from the vacuum of overall program, I think SMU is still in a good spot. And I would add that they are still in as good of a spot as they were under Sonny Dykes. Why? Because we haven't seen the end of this season just yet. We've seen SMU start out 7-0, 8-0, and then completely fall off. That we, we didn't see that this year. 
They obviously took their lumps. They had a tough schedule. They played three out of their four losses really tough. They came out of it on the other side and put 77 points up against Houston. That drew national attention, national buzz. And now we'll see over these next three games, can SMU take care of business? You've got lowly South Florida. Trap game, of course, on the schedule this weekend in Tampa with a new coaching staff uh, or an interim coaching staff at the helm. They've got to get by that. Then they've got a top 25 matchup, most likely, against Tulane, who plays UCF this weekend. That'll be a huge game. If UCF wins that game, I believe they'll probably clinch a an appearance in the AAC title game. Could be wrong on that, but they'll probably clinch an appearance in the AAC title game uh, just off the top of my head. SMU then faces them on a short week as well. SMU's beaten Tulane seven straight times. This is a Tulane team that has played really well this season. Their defense is at a high level. But at the end of the day, SMU has handled business and Tulane is just getting into the teeth of their schedule where they have struggled uh, in the past. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens in New Orleans next Thursday night, a week from today, when SMU takes on Tulane. Uh, And then they finish with Memphis at home. Very interesting matchup there. Memphis isn't at its normal uh, high-profile self right now. And SMU uh, has been able to uh, play pretty well against them at home as well. So that's something worth noting. If SMU can finish with five straight wins, that would be huge in the eyes, I think, in terms of how you view the program overall. Not just are you hot or cold right now, and that's how we're making our decision. Overall, would Rhett Lashley have stabilized, uh, stabilized things? You win five straight, sure looks like it. You have a lot of momentum going into the offseason. That's important as Pac-12 officials discuss this next media rights deal. Now, SMU is in the central time zone in Dallas, Texas, a huge media market. If SMU delivers Dallas TV sets with Pac-12 games, either eight or nine conference games with some of these you know, teams, That's important, and that can help with ratings. That can help with viewers. If you're a Pac-12 team coming to Dallas to play a conference game and you've got a ton of alums here, whether or not they end up in Ford Stadium or end up at a bar or end up on their couch, the game is going to be more easily accessible because you're looking at potentially 11 a.m. or a 2.30. If you're looking at 2.30 kicks on Saturday – That's great if you're the Pac-12. You're looking at a noon game on a Saturday instead of some of these later night games. I know it's local time out there, but even in terms of viewers, if you're a 2.30 Central out West, you're in a great shape. On the East Coast, you've got your East Coast alums. You're in great shape. It could very well project to help ratings, um, which is very important as well uh, as advertising dollars will then, you know, could potentially improve. So the the Pac-12 considering SMU as a central time zone option is very important. I'm interested to see if the San Diego State rumors uh, that they are, let's just say, right up there at the top as far as choices go for the Pac-12. I wonder if those have been a little bit of a smokescreen for a second school in the central time zone. Who that could be, I don't know. Or a school from the Big 12, I'm not sure. That's just more so me speculating right there. But talking with a couple sources, 
It's not necessary that SMU has a, a travel partner in this if they were to go to the Pac-12, but having a regional game to have on that slate to help a little bit year in, year out would be beneficial for the Pac-12 in that regard. And also, if it's in the if it's in the central time zone, could help just a little bit more in that respect when it comes to the media rights negotiations. And a lot of this is just done silently behind closed doors. We've seen four of the marquee names in college football move quietly in the in the night, strike, and make their conference change. So I expect fairly similar when it comes to timing, when it comes to news breaking of whatever the Pac-12 decides. With SMU, you're also sitting as a strong academic option. All the other options that have been discussed, San Diego State, UNLV, um, others aren't anywhere close to SMU academically. And SMU is working on the research level itself to improve that and hopefully get more people to buy into SMU as a major research university. And that would also help in the eyes of the Pac-12 as they look to evaluate SMU. Now, the dark horse with all of this, I think, is the is the ACC. They've been very quiet. I think odds are on that front, based on what I've, you know, what what sources have told me, I think they're more apt to stay where they are. But if their lawyers can work through all of this and they could find a way to add two, again, Central Time Zone could help. That's one that's a dark horse for SMU. SMU fits in very well with a lot of those uh, schools out in the East. Um, and again, that would only help them extend East, or excuse me, extend West into the central time zone as well. Uh, the ACC has long been kind of the, I would say the favorite destination uh, from talking with those around SMU. Now, I say that because I don't think the Big 12 is giving SMU a chance to get in. And specifically, the in-state schools in Texas. I think it's foolish. I think it sucks for college football. I, I would be saying that if I was a Houston fan, I'd be saying that if I was a TCU fan, a Baylor, Texas Tech, what have you, because college football is great because of regional rivalries. And a lot of them are being broken down. Uh, we've had great mar marquee matchup, matchups, one-off matchups on neutral sites between schools that don't really play each other, or don't have any history, that are marquee. That's fun. I like the regional ones. I think it's really cool that SMU is going to go play up at OU next year. Some of these guys are, are going to have known each other for years. They'll get a chance to kind of get together on the field and play that one out. Um, you know, you can't sit there and pick SMU by any means, but it's just going to be one of those kind of wild card games that when you look at some of these Big 12 matchups, you don't know what you're going to get. And it'd be fun to add SMU back into that um, as well. And I would say that quite honestly. And I don't think a school like a Rice or a UTSA has, has arrived in that sense with the Big 12. But add SMU, add Rice, add UTSA to the Big 12. It's what's right for college football. It's not going to happen. And I'm saying all of that to say that. It's not going to happen from what I understand. There are too many roadblocks in the state of Texas with schools like TCU, Baylor, and Houston now in there. That won't allow it to happen. I think it's a negative for college football. The natural move would be for SMU to just jump into the Big 12, but that's why they're looking coast-to-coast -coast, Pac-12 ACC. 
SMU's not thrilled to be in this new look AAC. Trust me, they're not. That's why they've been turning up the heat for the last year and a half, knowing that all of these schools at the top of the AAC have long been trying to get out. Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston now on their way out. Memphis is still trying, but I don't consider them to be a school that is going to be able to move on any of this. So I think you can kind of summarize, and I'll close out with this. I think you can summarize SMU's position with realignment as optimistic. SMU's optimistic in realignment right now because of the ongoing conversations they've had coast to coast, especially with the Pac-12 and Pac-12 schools, that they are a very viable option if they do decide to expand. I don't think they've decided to expand just yet. John Wilner backs that up with some of his percentages as well when he's looking at this. I think SMU brings something different that the Pac-12 doesn't have. And in a day and age when college football is not looking like it has in the past, and look, conferences are doing things differently, like the Big Big Ten bringing in UCLA and USC, the Pac-12 can do the same. They could bring in SMU. And who knows what it does for their TV rights deal. I don't necessarily think SMU is a needle mover in, in that regard from a name perspective, but they do bring a lot as far as the time zone as far as potential viewers to be added in certain regions at certain time slots, which if this is what it's all about, it's all about money and TV contracts. That's something SMU is going for itself in a big way. So not ready to call SMU in or out of the Pac-12 by any means, but things are continuing to trend in the right direction. They're moving quietly, but they're moving aggressively. And so as we continue to track this, It's going to be very interesting to see how this all works out. So with that, I'm going to wrap up this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am off to go see DeSoto High School open up its playoff run, see SMU commit Jaden Milner-Jones. So be sure to check back on Friday for another edition of the podcast as we will dive into the SMU-USF game and also talk a little recruiting as well as uh, I'll share my thoughts on Jaden Milner-Jones and uh, preview the game against the Bulls. So thanks for listening to this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel and continue to watch and and check us out. So hope you guys also subscribe to ontheponyexpress.com, part of the On3 network. You can get a free Founders Club hat still when you subscribe. So check us out and uh, enjoy our, our coverage of both SMU Dayton Friday night and SMU USF on Saturday morning. So Have a great weekend, everyone, and we will catch you next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.